This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 9th, 2015. Classic Hits 2, I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for today. A day where we could gather and worship your name. Just pause. I, I just felt your spirit as we sang together Word of God speak. And then the energy as we had a little bit of fun with Motown. and It's all for a purpose, though, God. It's a, the purpose in connecting with you. So open our hearts that we might receive what you would have in store for us about this particular message about the grapevine. We thank you and praise you this day and all days. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So this morning, our classic hit volume two uh, song of the week, as you just found out, was I Heard It Through the Grapevine, a Motown classic recorded by several people, but most notably Marvin Gaye, where it's, he wrote, uh, recorded it and spent seven weeks on the Billboard Top Singles Chart, Pop Singles Chart in late 68, 69. Anybody here back then when that song was around? Okay, a couple of us. Okay, good. You know, in 2004, though, it was, uh, I think it must have been a vote. It was voted in, placed at number 81 on the Rolling Stone magazine, 500 Greatest Songs of All Time, number 81. The grapevine. The grapevine. Where did this word come from? Well, there are a lot of different sources that tell us, but uh, it can be traced back to the Civil War days where there are several different theories about the grapevine. One is that it has to do with telegraph lines that are strung from pole to pole and they get all intertwined and so they look like a what? Grapevine. Can you picture that in your mind's eye? And that's how information got passed, uh, resulting from people saying, I heard it through the grapevine. On the other hand, the New, the New York Public Library claims that the phrase came from an infamous grapevine tavern in Greenwich Village, a popular hangout for Union officials and Confederate spies, the ideal place to get news and information to pass on from person to person, the ideal place for rumors and gossip leading to the phrase, say it with me, I heard it, through the grapevine, absolutely. So whatever the origin of grapevine, person to person communication, that's what it was, undocumented, with no formal control and great flexibility, and the possibility that that news could travel faster back in that time than, than in any other way. Has anybody ever played, when you were a kid, played the game telephone? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you get the hang of Grapevine, where the message here is very <laughs> different than what comes out over here. Mm -hmm. Now, funny thing about the telegraph. The telegraph is no longer uh, used. It's a thing of the past. But the Grapevine 
is very much still a means of communication. I heard it through the grapevine then means that what I heard was rumor or gossip. Rumor, you know, a story that's circulating, the truth of which is doubtful or uncertain. Gossip, idle talk or rumor, especially about the personal affairs of another person. The, the challenge with what is heard through the grapevine with rumor or gossip is the reliability factor. As the information uh, is distorted, as Carrie said previously, as it travels from one person to the other, resulting a very, in a very different message at this end, at the end, than the message that it started out to be. Another challenge with both of these words is that they generally have negative connotations. They are generally describing a behavior in which something is shared and is bad. It's not, it's not good, and it's not necessarily true either. And the thing is, you know what? The juicier the gossip, the better. And the more you just can't hold it in and the more you've got to share it, wow, the juicier it is, the faster it gets passed along the grapevine. So how about you? Have you ever had a rumor spread about you? Have you had people gossip behind your back, you being the subject of the gossip, saying things that weren't true or, or were only partly true? And if you knew about that, how did it make you feel? Really? <laughs> On the other hand, have you ever been part of the rumor mill? You know, you're the one either to make it up, get it started, or to help spread some gossip about somebody else. And again, how did that make you feel? At some point along the way, I, unfortunately, I think most of us have participated in that some way or other. So this kind of hits home with me. Um, this is not an, uh, a personal illustration that I really thought I was going to share in front of a couple hundred people. But anyway, uh, over 20 years ago, and we were not living here, it was in uh, when we lived downstate, there was a terrible rumor, gossip, that was spread about me. And that rumor was that I was having an affair. I worked very closely with, with another person who was a man, and we spent a lot of time together on the job. And we also, uh, from time to time, would like break for lunch and go to Subway a half a mile down and eat lunch and then go back to the office and work. And um, over time, someone accused us of, of an affair. And it was very, very painful to hear. It was, you know, slander. It was like a character slam because it, it simply wasn't true. And um, it could have affected me not standing here today preaching. I mean, it was a really big thing. It could have affected our relationship, although everything was on the up and up and, and we dealt with it um, together. So um, it was a character issue, issue, it was slander, it was very painful, sort of always wondered, you know, what were people thinking? And um, so then time goes by and you kind of like forget about it. And a couple years later, I pulled up to a car wash to get my car washed. And um, this lady there said, 
oh, hi. Oh, you're the one that had the affair with, I'm like, oh my gosh. You know how, you know, when toothpaste, when you squeeze toothpaste out, you can't get it back in? Well, when we say things or spread rumors that are lies or even truth that it, it's just not right, when we do that, we can't take it back. It's out there and it can hurt people. And so I share that personal example. I'm just saying that it can happen to all of us. And I was at the re receiving end. We were at the receiving end of that. And, um, but we'd never want to be at the giving end mm -hmm. of that. A mm -hmm. couple learnings from that is the one is caution about uh, what you share when you don't know all the facts. And the second is we've both learned some guardrails, uh, guardrails in terms of caution, like we don't go out to lunch one-on-one -on -one with opposite sex other than each other, unless it's absolutely unavoidable, because there's no reason to fuel those kind of rumors. And we to would encourage you- To always stay above reproach. Uh, stay above, and we would encourage you likewise to be cautious of what, what does it look like? And you say, well, that's not true. I, I understand that, but what does it look like or what, where could people take it? Just a couple learnings from that uh, challenging chapter back there. So, you know, we're in church, so we always gotta say, what's the Bible had to say about this? Well, the one thing, I did a little word search on rumor and gossip in scripture, and, and, and generally those two terms are associated with a negative adjective. For example, you'll read like scary rumors, false rumors, vicious rumors, malicious gossip, vicious gossip, empty gossip, poisonous gossip, dirty gossip, just to name a few of what I found when I did that word search. And they generally also carry the unspoken quality of not being true. Rumor and gossip by their very nature are not always the purest, untainted uh, means of getting one's information. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Yeah. So in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. In fact, Proverbs was written by King Solomon, who is thought to be the wisest man on, on earth. We find a lot of rich gatherings of these words, gossip and rumors, and some insight into their use. We'd like to share a couple with you today. First of all, from Proverbs uh, eleven thirteen, a gossip betrays the confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Although, although sometimes gossip can bring people together. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Share Proverbs 17:4 with me, will you? Evil, Evil people, people relish, relish malicious, malicious conversation. conversation. The ears, ears of, of liars itch for dirty me. gossip. And nobody's going to be going like this for a couple of minutes, are they? <laughs> How about Proverbs 18:8? Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. You know, the thing is, we don't, um, we often don't realize just how powerful, negatively powerful, rumor and gossip can be, especially when they involve misinformation, which they do most of the time. Another proverb offers us some insight into just how hurtful, how painful, how wounding rumor and gossip can be. Telling lies about others 
is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. So we would never hit somebody with an axe or wound them with a sword or shoot them with a sharp arrow. But the truth is, at times being attacked with rumors and gossip can be more painful than that. A lot more hurtful, more wounding than being attacked with a real weapon. Wounds from weapons are easily seen and they heal, but not so oftentimes with, with um, the kinds of things that are said about us. They, they run deep, they stick for a long time. For example, the story that I just told. So we find rumor and gossip mentioned, though, not just in Proverbs, but in, in many places throughout the Scripture, both in the Old and New Testaments, uh, pretty much across the board with negative connotations throughout. One that is particularly compelling is found in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. Now, Corinth is found is a city found in um, Greece. And it's kind of interesting. I'll share this not for a geography lesson, but you'll see why in a second. It, it, Corinth connects two larger pieces of land, two big land masses of Greece. And it's a little, it's a little thing that now there's actually a canal cut through it to, because uh, it separates the Gulf of Corinth from the Saronic Gulf. And the canal now connects us by his word. But back then, before the canal, uh, ships would sail into Corinth, and they would uh, unload the ship and land travel the, the goods to the other body of water and then put them back on the ship because that was much faster and more economic than sailing all the way around the landmass to the other side, you see. And um, as a result, uh, Corinth became uh, an international crossroad. You had people of all different kind of backgrounds, all different languages, all different beliefs, all different religions. So you can see how Corinth was a very interesting place at that point in time. And so Paul, who had started a church there, he's writing a letter to that church to once again uh, this is his second letter to the church at Corinth, once again encourage the believers there while warning them uh, of some of the challenges to the faith. And here's, here's one of his warnings. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, What's the next word? Gossip, arrogance, and disorder. That's an interesting um, list of words that Paul has assembled there, isn't it? Uh, with gossip right there, not in the middle, but just two-thirds of the way through, let's say. Um, it, it's, it's in very interesting company. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, arrogance, disorder. What do they all have in common? Well, one thing is, it seems each, in each case, the behavior described is very self-centered and designed to tear down the other person. These are not behaviors that build up the body of Christ. 
not the behavior that encourages the people around us, not the behaviors one would expect from someone proclaiming Jesus as Lord and Savior, someone proclaiming to be a Christ follower, someone claiming a new life in Jesus. You see, rumor and gossip by their very nature are not positive things when it comes to interpersonal relationships. They are not good for enhancing the relationship with the people around us. Rumor and gossip basically do one thing. They tear down. They don't build up. And building up is what we are called to do. Throughout Scripture, we're called to glorify God and build up or edify to build up one another, those around us. One example of this in Scripture is Hebrews 3.13. We read, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage one another. How often? Daily. Absolutely. Every day. We are told to not tear down, to criticize, to slander. Oh, do we get in a habit sometimes, a, a critical spirit? Absolutely we do. And it, we just have to catch ourselves. We're told to not criticize, to slander, to share rumors or gossip, share fits of rage with those around us. But instead, we're told to encourage, to build up, to care for, to serve one another to love those around us. Mm. We talk about spiritual gifts here some, and we encourage everyone to know what their spiritual gifts are. If you don't know yours, we encourage you to take the next time we have a network class. The reason I say that is because uh, encouragement is one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Uh, there's like 27 or something gifts. It's one of the gifts. You know, it's the type of thing where if you have the gift of encouragement, you can't help yourself. It just it bubbles out of you. And we know some people in the congregation, and, uh, you know, we, we get cards from them. We get calls. We get emails. We get text messages. Just encouraging. Them. It's like they can't help themselves. And it's just a, it's a cool gift. Not everybody gets that gift because there are a lot of gifts, and the Holy Spirit distributes them according to the way the Holy Spirit is going to distribute them. But just because you don't have the gift of encouragement doesn't mean you're not called to be an encourager. You know, not everybody has the faith gift, but we're all called to be faithful, right? And we're all called to be encouragers with or without the gift. But what it means then, though, without the gift, it means we have to be uh, more conscious about it. We may need to make a conscious effort to, to be an encourager, especially if we're not used to doing that. We need to say a word of encouragement or maybe send a card or a note or a, an email or a text or something when we know that would, be, uh, would help the person, uh, the word of encouragement. It also means being very cautious at all times at what we say and how we say it, that what we're saying isn't tearing down, but if possible, is building up. We think we live in a culture where tearing down is a very popular thing to do. You know, you, you dip out of somebody else's cup to build up yours, possibly tear someone else down so that uh, we might look better. And certainly with this season that we're entering, discord and jealousy and selfish ambition and slander and gossip and arrogance and disorder and fits of rage, seem to be the order of the day as we look at this uh, election season <laughs> and the presidential 
election. Misinformation, half-truths, I mean, all that seems to be the norm. And here's the thing, in the midst of all that, we, we're called to be different. We're called to not engage in that negativity, not have that critical spirit, not pass rumors, start rumors, but instead take the high road. We're called to celebrate and build up and encourage those around us, not denigrate and deflate and discourage those around us. Mm. And so we challenge you, we're challenged by this as well, to be change agents, to help turn the tide, to be more aware of the relationships that we're in, in our home, in our workplace. I've had a couple people come up to me and say, yeah, with the start of school, we really needed this message. Um, you know, stuff, stuff happens, and we just fall into this ugly pit and start talking or listen or have some glee in somebody else's stuff that's probably not even true. And so we are encouraging all of us to pay more attention, to be more encouraging, and less gossipy. Maybe this will help. Take out the program that you got when you came in today, please. Do what I'm doing so I can see what everybody's doing. Okay, good job. Open it up. There's a little space right here. It says notes at the top, inside left page. Now, there should be a pen. Maybe not the right one, one of the seats in front of you if you don't have one. Take the pen out, please click it. <laughs> We're gonna step-by-step step this. And, and I want you, if you would, please, to just write in lar a large, there's three letters, put a little space between, but make the letter large, a T, and then underneath of that, an, an N, and then an H. T, N, H, vertically, T, N, T, N, H. All right, that's it. No. The T. And right after it, you can write T, true. T stands for true. Here's the question. When you're, when you're sharing some information about somebody, first and foremost, is it true? Are you sure it's true? And if it's not, if you're not sure, have you qualified it? And if it really needs to be really, really qualified, maybe you ought to just keep it to yourself. Because if you don't know it's true, the chances are it's not. And why would you want to be passing along false information, especially if it's about somebody else? You know, that's how false rumors, that's how gossip gets started. If it's not true, keep it to yourself. N, that N stands for necessary. N-E-C. <laughs> E-S-S-A-R-Y, I always have to stop and think, is it two C's or two S's? It's one C, two S's, I think. It's on the screen. Good. So, yeah. Is that necessary? Probably not. <laughs> anyway, is it necessary? Is it necessary? You know, why, are you, why are you sharing that information anyway? Is it to, to make somebody look bad, which you think maybe makes you look good? Is it to make fun of somebody? Or is it to really share some helpful information? You know the one I love is the gossip prayer circle. You ever been in one of those where you're all huddled up in prayer and man, you get the latest on everybody, either in the small group 
or in the, especially in the small church now, you get everybody's trash, you know, but hey, we're just sharing it with God. We want God to know, you know? Is it necessary? And finally, and I think this is maybe even the most important, is the H, and that stands for honoring. Is what I'm sharing honoring this other person? You know, sometimes we have to have, even have tough conversations with, uh, with others, with our spouse, with, even with children, with coworkers, with friends. And even those tough conversations, they don't have to be dishonoring. Even if we're uh, uh, correcting someone, it doesn't have to be a dishonoring conversation. Now, Carrie and I have found some language that's very helpful for us, like if one of us does something and, the, and it really uh, puts the other in an awkward or a, uh, an embarrassing situation, maybe with friends and something said that, the, the way to really uh, let the person know is to say, wow, when, when you said that, I really felt dishonored. Now, we don't want to use that to death because it'll lose its meaning, but if we say that, the other person says, wow, because the last thing we would want to do would be dishonor the other person, especially in front of family, friends, or anybody. You with me? And so, like when we're thinking about information we want to share, is it honoring, or even if I'm in a conversation with you, is this what I'm saying, am I doing it in an honoring way, even if it's a tough conversation, even if I'm telling you something that uh, I don't like maybe uh, what you did, I can still do it without tearing you down, without dishonoring you. And you know, this whole thing, the T and H, if this is new, this can be a little challenging, you know, to stop and think through this, but it's very possible and I think it's very helpful, especially if we're gonna put a stop to gossip and rumors and that kind of thing, but it's an ongoing daily challenge, just like you know, we have a lot of daily things. Daily we give ourselves over again to Christ. Daily we, we kind of check our, our, our spirit and see if we're doing uh, these three things, true, necessary, honoring. And we would encourage you to pray, seek God's strength, and help with this as you go along. So consider this. Jesus um, encountered some pretty interesting characters like Zacchaeus, who was the hated tax collector, or uh, the woman who was, uh, they threw into the street and she was going to be stoned for adultery, or how about the, the woman at the well who had her share of men? Ooh, boy, that's big stuff. Or the man in the graveyard who was absolutely a loony bin. I mean, there's lots and lots of examples. And Jesus was well aware of who these people were and what they had done, and he did not need the grapevine to know this stuff, although we know that it was active and um, in full effect even back then. So Jesus was human, and uh, he could have participated in this gossip and rumor? Well, no, because Jesus was, that was against Jesus's character. He was human, yet he was divine, so things stopped with Jesus. Yeah, as she said, when it came to the grapevine, it stopped with him. He dealt with those whose stories were uh, very much grape, grapevine stories, but Jesus brought a fresh new chapter to the story. He, he didn't just pass along the grapevine. He, he didn't pass the old story along. He helped the people to rewrite the ending of the story, if you know what I'm saying here. Um, he offered the people a bright new tomorrow 
not more of the same that they'd already heard and already dealt with through the grapevine. So we want to call the grapevine, which is rumor and gossip, that's how we're defining it today, what it truly is. The grapevine is sin. It's sin. And sin, sin separates us from God and from one another. God does not want us to be involved in rumor, in, uh, in gossip. And we may think, oh, you know, the comment I made or that info that I passed along, it is no big deal. Well, actually, it is a big deal. Because if it wounds, if it's not true or necessary or honoring, if it's gossip, it is sin. And God grieves when we participate in that. So here's the question for the day. What about you? What about us? Are we going to be part of the problem? Or are we going to be part of the solution? Are we going to be part of the grapevine? Either helping to get it started or passing those rumors and gossip along as they get to us? Or are we going to cut the grapevine when it reaches us? Are we going to offer them Christ? Or are we going to offer them uh, uh, the opportunity to participate in rumors and gossip? Are we going to build up? Or are we going to tear down? Are we going to be the hands, feet, ears, and voice of Jesus? Or the hands, feet, ears, and voice of the evil one? Are we going to be the one someone can trust with their stories? Or someone they can trust will pass along a twisted version of their story? Are we going to be who Christ calls us to be or not? You know, some of you today uh, have maybe been traveling with Christ a long time, and you understand our mission, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. You know what the life that he offers. And some of you, you might be here for the first time or the first or second time, and you might say, God, I, I don't really know the life he offers, but I I'm sure here to find out and praise the Lord. You know, nobody here knows it all, do they? And we all had a starting point, so we are so glad you're here if this is your first or second time. And then many of us are somewhere in between those two points, just trying to kind of figure this thing out, trying to uh, get closer to Jesus and understand what that life that he offers is all about. And, and, and if you want to know more about that or if you'd like to say, you know, I, I'd really like to have Jesus as a part of my life, Mike and Marie are back there. They'd love to pray with you and talk you through that at the end of the service. I encourage you to go back and talk to them about what a life in Jesus Christ means. So as I said, are are we going to be who Christ calls us to be or not? And that's our challenge. Day in, day out, every morning we get up, we have to ask the question, are we going to be who Christ calls me to be or not? God, help me to be that person. Christ, help me to walk in your shoes. So the question today is, what are you going to do when the grapevine gets to you? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Most holy God, thank you for today. I thank you for each and every person here. I, I pray that each one will know you, Jesus, as your personal Savior. And, and, and as such, I, I pray that you will help us with this whole grapevine, that we would be able to build up and not tear down, that we would stop the rumors, not start them, and not pass them along. I, I pray that you give each of us here the strength and courage to be not only followers but leaders as we hear your call 
in Christ. It's in his name and the power of the Holy Spirit we pray. Everybody gathered here this morning said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.